Welcome to the podcast. So today, Glenn starts the show with a little uh, information about the FBI texts that were released. The deep state stuff is really kicking into gear, and it seems like there's new stuff coming out almost every day. These are text messages between uh, agents that are going to blow your mind. We start the show right there. Ken Paxson, he is the attorney general of the state of Texas, uh, talks to us about voter fraud and how they seem to have caught some here in Texas, uh, thankfully, before presidential election. We'll get into the details on that and what is being planned by the left. Uh, also, we have Jonathan Kahn, who is on with us. Gabe Wrench is on as well. He's a guy who was making, uh, well, he's doing this terrible, horrible thing that spreads COVID all over the place called singing hymns outdoors in, in a social distance manner. Bastard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bad guy. Bad guy. Wow. Bad person. At least uh, you wind up getting like arrested for this. I mean, again, this is what a freaking world we live in right now. And Pat Gray, as you just heard, uh, joins us for uh, hour three to uh, go through all the craziness that's going on with the media and Breonna Taylor, uh, as well as the protesters who are harassing people at restaurants and and um, and some of them who lay who just happen to be down lying down in the street and unfortunately have their heads run over by uh, by bicycles and. That's, nobody wants to see that. No, you don't want to see that. You don't want to see that. You don't. Um, by the way, while you're here, uh, make sure to go to Pat Gray Unleashed right here on your podcast app and click subscribe. You get all the episodes for free. Stu Does America as well. And I will tell you special programming next week. Tuesday night is the debate. The Blaze has got you covered. If you go to um, YouTube, search for Stu. You'll get my YouTube channel. Subscribe there. Because on Tuesday night, we're going to have a live Stu Does America leading up to the debate with all the uh, pre-show stuff. Then during the debate, we're going to be watching the debate with you. We're going to be sitting on, uh, you know, a, a, a couch and doing like Mystery Science Theater 3000. We'll let you hear the actual debate. We're not going to interrupt it all the time. But we're, we will have some wise-ass comments and live fact checks and things like that. Oh, I be- can imagine wise-ass comments. Maybe really? one or two. Well, that might happen. You think huh. Joe Biden might do something that, that deserves some mockery? <laughs> Possibly. Uh, so you'll see that happening. And then afterwards, we have post-show coverage. So we have the whole night uh, wrapped up. If you want to watch the debate, go to YouTube, search for Stu. I'll be the first channel there. Make sure you subscribe to it and, uh, and all of the things. Uh, if you click the bell, you'll get all the notifications. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Ken Paxton is our attorney general here in Texas. And uh, yesterday... Uh, looks like he found a scheme and uh, is putting the cuffs on a few people that uh, had a mail-in ballot scheme. What a surprise in the Democratic Party here in the great state of Texas. Welcome to our Attorney General, Ken Paxton. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. And I, I guess you have not heard the narrative. We don't have mail-in ballot fraud. <laughs> yeah, well, I, well, I was going to ask you, beside the 134 felony charges... What else do you have? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's interesting. This this narrative that there's no voter fraud, and there's no mail-in ballot fraud is largely, I think, pushed because there hasn't been a lot of focus on it. There hasn't. Most states don't have a lot of resources or any resources behind it. Some of them don't have any. We only have when I started, we had one prosecutor and a few investigators. I asked the legislature to triple that. So we have three and we, uh, we're, those, those people are busy all the time. And 66% of the cases that we've done, I think, in the last 10 years have been mail-in 
ballot fraud. Okay, well, that's something, you know, like the violence at these um, at these beautiful, peaceful rallies. That's just not happening. Uh, (laughs) So tell me about tell me about this ring. Who was involved and what were they doing? Well, it was it was definitely to it appeared to benefit the, the, the county commissioner, uh, a guy named Shannon Brown. He ended up winning by five votes. Mm. The, the precinct that he is in, I think, it covered about twenty percent of the population, but it had fifty percent of the mail-in ballot votes. And if you look across the county, there were only twelve disability checked boxes for um, people who were voting with mail-in ballots. Whereas in his precinct, there were three hundred seventy-six, I think. So the numbers were definitely not proportional. Uh, they were way outsized for his 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 precinct, and he ended up winning by five votes. So what happens? First of all, how did you find out about it? How did you nail them, and who was involved? So we had a lot of help from uh, the Greg County Sheriff, Sheriff Tubbs, and uh, we also, you know, my office investigated, but we also, I think, get that information from the, the elections people that I think they, they, they discovered the inequities, which in some counties, you know, it's difficult for us to get that because the elections people are not going to take note of, of things like that because they may or may not like the result. So can you are as concerned as I am about this, these felony charges, um, you can face six months in jail to 99 years in prison. That's kind of a big spread. What do you have to do to get 99 years in prison? You know, it's 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 always up to uh, it's always up to the, the the court system to determine that with jury trial by jury, and so they end up making these decisions based on how how bad they think that the crime was. So I, I've had cases where we've tried to negotiate. We had a woman who had uh, voted in like five counties, uh, a non-citizen, and we asked. We actually tried to negotiate a two-year sentence for her, um, and she refused it, and the jury ended up giving her eight years. Well, it's Texas. I don't know if that's yeah. going to happen uh, elsewhere. So what do people do this election? I mean, I am—I have to tell you, Ken, I have no problem. I mean, I do, but I will accept a a fair and honest vote. If it goes the other way— I won't like it. I don't know how we survive, but I will accept it. And I think most people on both sides of the aisle will do the same. But there, I mean, how does the post office in Pennsylvania just lose Trump votes in a ditch in September? That's a really good question. I was actually with the president yesterday and he was asking the very same question. He said, how do they lose? How do my, how do my votes end up, you know, in the trash on the side of the road? And he's, I know he is extremely, extremely concerned about about the mail-in ballots. I think he said he's anticipating 80 million mail-in ballots. That's that's a lot of openness for fraud. I can tell you that. Scary. So what does the average person do? How can we volunteer? How can we over... What do we do? I think one of the things... I mean, the mail-in ballot thing is really a challenge because it's impossible to watch. At least when people are voting in person, you can have people at the poll site watching people vote just sort of watching the process happen and ensuring that people are doing what they're supposed to do. And it's pretty simple, right? You show up with a photo ID and if that's you, you get to vote. And if you're on the, if you register to vote, you get to vote. So, but it, with the mail-in ballot, we don't know who those are coming from and the people counting them don't know it either. And so it's very difficult 
with that kind of process. And with, with our state, at least it's limited. You know, there's only certain categories of people that can do it. People over 65, people that are, you know, disabled. But even there, there's room for fraud. Imagine states that have universal mail-in ballots. I do not think you can protect against significant voter fraud if you have universal mail-in ballots. Uh, did uh, the guy, what's his name, um, uh, that won this uh, commissioner seat? or this, Shannon uh, Brown. Shannon Brown. Uh, is he, he's, 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 he's not serving, right? <laughs> I mean, he's well, going to serve in a different way. Well, he's, you have, we have to prove you have to prove this. You're, he's still presumed innocent until until a, a jury convicts him of a crime. So at this point, he continues to serve uh, and will continue to serve until we prove the case. And a jury says, yeah, you, you you you've proved your case that this guy committed fraud. So, yeah, he's presumed innocent, just like anybody else that, that gets indicted. How big? How how was it? How did the scheme work? How did they do it? Where did they get the ballots? How did they do it? Um, I, I think that these things just get mailed out, and sometimes they just go around and grab them out of mailboxes and fill them out, and that's usually the way it's done. And, and there's sometimes we we're pretty certain that the the elections people let their operatives know that they're going out, and they just. They know the dates, they know the locations, and they grab them and fill them out. And no one ever knows. Wow. Uh, Ken, thank you so much. By the way, let me ask you, I don't know if you have the answer. Why did the governor increase the time of voting before the election? We went from like 12 days to 17 or something like that. Why did we do that? I I actually do know the answer. So one of the arguments that we've been making, we've been sued so many times over election issues. We've been sued, I think, 12 to 15 times. I have more election cases that I've ever had in my life and probably ever happened in the state's history. They're trying to affect our elections. So we had three different mail-in ballot cases. One was in Travis County. We already won that at the Texas Supreme Court. We have one at the Fifth Circuit. So, and by the way, just note, they have to win one time and they, they're able, then it opens it up for cheating. We have to win every case or we lose. Mm. So we have another one in the Fifth Circuit that's a constitutional challenge saying that unconstitutional to only let people over 65 vote. Well, then we have another one in Harris County where the county clerk or district clerk is trying to mail out over like 2.7 mail-in ballots to everybody. Not, not upon request, just mail them out. So one of the arguments that we have made is, hey, the governor has, has already accommodated these people and accommodated the whole COVID issue by allowing for more hours and longer early voting. And I, I think that's a much safer way to handle oh, it. Oh, yeah, it is. It's much safer because we don't have any proof that really that that early voting hurts us. Actually, I think it actually helps us uh, get more people out, and it tends to be good for Republicans. So I don't think that's really the problem. The real problem is mail-in ballots. And I, and I, I find it frustrating that we have lawsuits, somebody, even the, the, the state party, going after something that really doesn't change the game. And really undermining our case that, hey, we've already accommodated, don't do mail-in ballots. Who's funding all these lawsuits? Because it's not just Texas. This is happening all over the country. I mean, my speculation is George Soros. There's a law firm, one of, there's a law firm that's involved in many of these uh, cases, not just mail-in ballots. They sue us over all kinds of issues. How many poll workers we have, uh, how, how many ballot order, um, putting, you know, the republic. Republicans ahead of the Democrats, which we've we've done since the beginning of time. Whoever's in power gets to go first. I mean, just name it. We're we're defending it. 
um, Ken, it was it was said you brought up George Soros and um, uh, Fox News just about wet their pants when the when the name George Soros went on the air. I know this to be true. You and I have talked about it, that George Soros has pumped all kinds of money into district attorneys and even into some offices of attorney generals try in, in different ways, trying to affect even the attorney general's office. They say that there's no proof of that. Can you <laughs> proof? Look, I, 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 this guy is so he's so good at like hiding how he does it. But like, for instance, and, and, and here's 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 the focus. He wants to put in DAs that won't prosecute crime, but they will go after Republicans. That's the idea. Get it. Get people in there. And so I'll give you two two examples. Bear County had a had a, a really good Democratic DA guy named Nicola Hood, who I worked with very well on human traffic and all kinds of issues. Well, Soros didn't like him because he was prosecuting people. He was doing his job. Same thing just happened in Travis County. Margaret Moore, excellent DA, doing her job, not partisan, just doing her job. And uh, but she was prosecuting people. So that was a problem. So they sent in another DA who supposedly is going to not prosecute people. But you know, we'll go after Republican leaders at a drop of a hat. So that's the strategy. Make criminalize politics and and weaponize the DAs to destroy anybody that, that they don't like and not prosecute real crime. It's an incredible time to live, and I'm glad you're our attorney general. Thank you very much, Ken. Appreciate it. Thanks, Glenn. Have a great day. You bet. Ken Paxton, our attorney general in the state of Texas. And if you have a good attorney general, I'm telling you the things you must vote for. You must know who your attorney general is. You got to make sure they are strict constitutionalists and sheriffs. You got to do everything you can. If you have a good sheriff, support them. If they're up for reelection, support them. Do all you can. Sheriffs are going to be the last line of defense, as we have already seen in just some of this COVID nightmare stuff. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. And don't forget, rate us on iTunes. We had the SWAT team swing into action, arresting three Christians singing hymns. They were all social distanced, but they didn't wear masks. Now, I should give you the fact that this county is overwhelmed with COVID. The hospital is teeming with people with COVID. Or I think no one has had COVID and the hospital is fine. I'm not sure which one it is, but... <laughs> But uh, one of the guys who was arrested is uh, Gabriel Wrench. Hello, Gabriel. Hey, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. Can you tell me what the hell is happening to Idaho? Oh, man. I, I, I'm just as blown away as you are. You know, this whole, our mayor signed into a resolution, you know, social distancing mask resolution on July 2nd, and then he, they keep extending it. Our city council keeps extending it. And then, and throughout all this, my church uh, occasionally would, uh, you know, we'd go to like uh, the middle of downtown and sing psalms, you know, sing three or four psalms as kind of a protest. It's kind of a worship protest to all this. And then our mayor on uh, this past Monday extended the resolution through January 5th. And so uh, my uh, pastors on Tuesday decided, hey, let's go sing the psalms again and let's do it at City Hall's parking lot. 
And so we went to City Hall's parking lot and started, I mean, we didn't get halfway through a song and the police officers uh, walked up to me and uh, proceeded to uh, talk to me and say, hey, you know, um, they, my mom was standing right next to me and they asked her, are you with him? And, and she said, he's my son. And then so I put my arm around my buddy next to me. I said, but this is my friend. <laughs> and the officer said, okay, well, let me give me your ID. And I said, officer, you don't have to do this. And he said, give me your ID. And I said, officer, you know better than this. And he said, give me your ID. And I said, officer, I have First Amendment rights. And your duty is to the citizens, not to the mayor. Your duty is to protect the citizens' freedoms and rights and not to the mayor. You need to, you need to stand up. And then he said one more time, he said, I'm going to ask you one more time, give me your ID. And I said, officer, you don't have to do this. And he said, I don't want to. I don't, I, I, he didn't want to arrest me. <laughs> And, uh, and then, um, he proceeded to arrest me. The, um, our chief of police, chief Fry, after the resolution was signed in on Monday, uh, I emailed him Tuesday morning and I said, officer Fry, he's a Christian man. I said, I said, don't be like the apostle Peter and run away when Pete, when, you know, Jesus is getting sacrificed, uh, you know, be Daniel, be the bold guy in that moment. And so as I'm getting arrested, he's standing behind the arresting officer. And I, I, I said, this was your Daniel moment. Mm. And, um, so they walked me over to the police car <laughs> while, while Psalm 20 is singing, you can hear the handcuffs click in the videos that are, that have been going viral. And, and it's just a beautiful juxtaposition as my people behind me are singing and, and, and I'm getting arrested and they walk me over to the cop car and, and my brother walks up, uh, my brother's always late. So he walks up, uh, uh late. <laughs> hey bro, what's happening? I know. Come on, man. And so, um, uh, he, he, he comes in, he's like, this is bull, you know, um, just starts going into the officers. And then my associate pastor comes in walking in and he's like, he starts rebuking the officers. I mean, my pastor had my back. It was fantastic. So they, uh, I get in the cop car, they take me off to the, to, to jail. And here's, there's a, there's a couple crazy things that have gone on through all this. First, our mayor on September 5th officiated a religious event without a mask, without social distancing. And then on September 2nd, he was at a gathering, a social gathering of more than 50 people. He attended that without a mask, without social distancing. And here I am. I go sing Psalms in City Hall and I get arrested. And then I go to the uh, the, the, the deputy, they t- checked me in the Lady Talk County jail. And as they're checking me out, I, be, I was in jail for about two hours. My buddy, Sean Benet, he, him and his wife, Rachel also got arrested. Um, so Sean, um, uh, comes to jail. He comes to visit me in jail <laughs> and his wife had to go to another jail cell because, um, uh, they actually believe in male and female mm. here in Moscow. And <laughs> as I'm getting, as I'm getting uh, released from, from jail. So I was there for about two hours. I look across the way. I'm sitting down talking to the uh, deputy who's, who's booking me out, getting all the information. And I'm sitting down, and across the way, there's three deputies in an office, and two of them aren't social distancing and aren't wearing masks. And so I walk over there, and I say, officer, arrest these people. They aren't social distancing. They aren't wearing a mask. And, and the officer said, hey, hey, uh, just, just go, man. Just go. And I said, no, you need to arrest these people. They aren't social distancing and wearing a mask. This is what, I was, this is what I'm here for. And so, they basically, they didn't get physical with me, but they basically pushed me out of the jail. Were these, were, the, were these police officers, when you said the deputy, was this a sheriff or was this police? 
So the MPD, Moscow Police Department, arrested me and then handed me over to the Latok County Jail, which is run by the, the Sheriff's Department. So it's uh, a, both, uh, a both fiasco. Wow. Uh, you should uh, rethink your sheriff if your sheriff is is for this kind of stuff sheriffs are the they 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 respond directly to the people they are they don't have to go through anybody else they go to the constitution and to the people if that's your sheriff you should uh, get him out i don't know anything about this sheriff but i'd be interested to see what he had to say about it um go go ahead I was going to say, yeah, that, I mean, that, that's the nice thing about the sheriff is you can vote him in and out, but you can't do that to the you know, Moscow police chief because he reports to the mayor and the mayor and our city council is the one that's put everyone in this little. How did this small, how did this small town vote for a council like this? How did you do it? What, yeah, I mean, so we're, we're in Idaho. Idaho is a conservative state, probably 70, 30, um, but I'm in a university town. Oh, so, Lake Talk County, there's only two counties in Idaho that tend to vote liberal in the presidential race, and I'm in one of them. So even the conservatives, even the so-called conservatives that are on the council are absolutely liberal. So there you go. Wow. So what's going to happen now? Do you have somebody to represent you to bring this to court? Or Yeah, well, I mean, obviously the thing's gone viral. So um, a number of lawyers have reached out to me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to obviously fight this i mean I, we have basic constitutional rights that were violated i have a right to worship i have a right to protest i have a right to petition i have a right to sim- assemble and 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 I, I mean the constitutional right to worship tells the government that you can't tell me when to worship where to worship and how to worship you cannot do that and i got arrested for that so i got a court hearing on wednesday and i'm talking to some lawyers uh, I haven't um, kind of finalized my game plan and all this, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight this because I, I told the cops as I was getting arrested, I said, "Man, I'm doing this for your liberties, brother." I was I'm glad to see. I, I was really glad to see. I mean, you guys did it like a Martin Luther King protest. You all were peaceful. You uh, you know you didn't cause a stink. You just stated things yeah. clearly. Uh, walked yeah. away with the officers. Um, and, and you did it right. Um, it's hard to, when, when you, when you, when you're wrestling with a cop, it's hard to figure out who the good guy and the bad guy is sometimes. And I think you did this right, Gabriel. Sure. Thank you so well, much. It, yeah. Thank you, Glenn, for you, having me on. You bet. Appreciate it. <clears throat> Idaho. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? Wake up. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. We have yet another priest, this one in uh, Minnesota, that has been silenced by the church. Uh, He gave a sermon on the coronavirus, the truth revealed, where um, he said some controversial things for sure. Um, But he said we're being manipulated and played. uh, And the church has uh, chastised him because his homily... um, went against the uh, Pope Francis's exhortation that sermons be a a consoling encounter with God's word and a constant source of renewal and growth. Oh, okay. So they're not supposed to talk about things. Uh Uh-huh. I'm telling you, there's a war in all of our churches and there is a war going on and we are not fighting men. We are not. We're not fighting against the Democratic Party. We are fighting against evil. And quite honestly, for those who are awake in the Democratic Party, they're fighting it too. 
They know. Uh, Luckily, this weekend, uh, there is, I think, something that is really critically important. Whether you're there or, or you do it yourself tomorrow, but there is a prayer march tomorrow in washington dc with um, franklin graham we talked to you about that earlier this week and jonathan khan is also holding an event uh, called the return the national and global day of prayer and repentance uh welcome to the program jonathan khan great to be with you glenn so uh how much trouble are we in jonathan a big trouble. I, I don't believe in our lifetime we have ever seen America at the places at, at now, as you said, uh, critical. In fact, I, I don't know that America has ever been. We, we, are, we are in danger of, of literally a collapse of judgment. We, you know, you know uh, Glenn, at the beginning of this nation, you know, there, were, there were promises made. You know, and actually, even the Puritans saying, if we follow God, we'll be the most blessed uh, powerful, uh, prosperous nation uh, on earth. And it's all come true. But it says if we turn away from God, those blessings are going to be removed. And we're watching that. We're watching the danger sides. We have uh, driven God out of our, our culture. We have called evil good and good evil. We've done all these things that we're following in the ancient mistake of ancient Israel, and that leads to judgment. So I believe it is so critical. I mean, it, we've never been so critical as we are right now that we had to have to return to god and if we don't we may pass the point of no return so um jonathan you wrote the harbinger um and uh, the harbinger two um Mm -hmm. and uh you were i think you had your dates wrong on the shemitah i think it's i think it's coming now um (laughs) myself but um but you have been a voice that has really exposed this all the way along as a spiritual battle so i i've followed you since you know the harbinger came out um Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you follow it from ground zero and uh i'm not sure this is just a bad time for america i i I mean i believe that there's a chance the headline today in the jerusalem post was the world is witnessing biblical prophecies or the times mm. of fulfillment of the Bible, something mm. along those lines. That was the Jerusalem Post. Mm. Uh, yes. I, I think there's a there's a shot that this is the beginning of those things foretold. Yeah, yeah. If you remember, uh, Glenn, when we first met and I we spoke about the Harbinger, and the Harbinger, for those who know, is is the biblical template of a nation's judgment. And, and what it is, you know, it, it begins with a strike on the land. As we see, this is the pattern again and again in the Bible. An enemy makes a strike. With us, we had 9-11. And that's a shaking. It's a wake-up call. And it's calling the nation back. But, it, but then there is a window of time that the nation is given. And that, a span of years. Um, and that's why I knew when I wrote the Harvard, it was not the end. It was really the beginning yeah. of this pattern. And, and we have followed, in that window of time we've had, we have followed, the, we, we, haven't, we haven't turned back to God. We have all the more departed from God. And that's exactly what happened to ancient Israel. And one of the things is, Glenn, and this is, this is why I knew that this year was not only the year for the return, but also for the 
fecal, the harvester too, because what, there's a time period given uh, in the Bible where how long is it from that strike, that first warning, to the time when the greater shakings come on the land? Well, with ancient Israel, it was a period of 19 years from the strike to the year that the sh- greater shakings came. Well, two, well, 9-11 was 2001. When is the 19th year? It's the year 2020. And so we are seeing the shakings coming, and we are, we are watching the danger of this window of time ending. We have to choose one way or the other. Um, and so we are watching all those things. In fact, the prophet Jeremiah, when he's talking about the, this 19th year, what's going to happen, one of the things he says, he talks about plague, he talks about shaking. Well, we are shaking, and if we don't get this warning now, again, this is, this is the time we must return. It's really, I believe, life and death. I, uh, I agree with you. I think that um, I didn't understand men's hearts will fail them uh, mm-hmm. until this year. Uh, I, mm. the, the number of people that it's not hard yet. It's not hard yet. And the number of people that will cower in fear and won't say anything because they'll be kicked out of school. They will lose their job. They'll lose friends. They'll lose family. Yes. That, that's your heart failing you. You know what's right, and you won't do it thinking, well, this one's a little one. But if you don't do the little ones, you don't stand a chance when it gets hard. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I mean, you know, we, we have been paralyzed, and we have never, never in the history of America have we gone through this thing. We are, we are paralyzed. We, are, we, have, we have seen things grind to a halt. And, oh, and by the way, in, in, there's, a, there's a chapter, when we first saw this chapter in the, in the Harmonger that says things to come, and it talks about how do these shakings come, and the shakings are the, 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 the breakdown of society, the, the disorder, you know, civil disorder is another one, um, the breakdown of the economy, all of these things, and, and really grinding to a halt. And, and one of the things is that I was praying, you know, this was a year ago, and I'm praying, Lord, what's the next book? And, and I got, because I always knew there was going to be a Harvard to do it, and I got that. But I said, okay, this is the year, and then I got a very strong thing that this is going to be the year of shaking. Um, and I'm, I'm telling people this before, before all this happened. And the thing is, and we didn't realize, you know, one of the things that, that in, in September 26th, this was chosen over a year ago, we didn't realize it turns out on the biblical calendar, it is a, an appointed day tomorrow. We didn't know it. And it's called Shabbat Shuvah, which means the Sabbath, it's a Saturday. And of Shuvah, the word means the return. We had no idea. It's appointed for wait, a nation wait, to Wait, wait, did you break? Wait, wait, is my just yeah. my headphones or did you break up? I didn't hear you said, okay, I'm sorry. It was my headphones yeah. that broke up. What did you say? It, it means yeah, the Sabbath it, and... It, it, Shuvah, Shuvah, Shuvah actually means ret- the return. <laughs> we had no idea. And it's appointed from the biblical calendar to be a day of return for a nation to return to God. And there's an appointed scripture to be read all over the world, in, in the synagogues of the world, and it's all about having a sacred assembly, a solemn assembly of mm. return and repentance, exactly what we're going to do on the National Mall. We had no idea. So I believe this is so much the appointed time. So, Jonathan, uh, did is this coordinated with uh, Franklin Graham's, or is it just because I know of yours long before— <laughs> And I know Franklin yeah. is doing on the mall, so there should be lots of Christians there. Yeah, there and there, yeah, and there's also people who just fear God and they're coming. You know, um, yeah. Well, Franklin called us up. This was said, yeah, as you know, a, a while back. Franklin called up and said, "I want to do a march." So he's going to do a march from the from the uh, Lincoln Memorial coming across for it'll be two hours happening in the middle of the day. The return is going to be the entire day, starting at nine. 
9 a.m. by the in between the Washington Monument and the Cap- and Capitol Hill, and it's going to be it's a gathering, Fantastic. it's really a sacred assembly, you know, which literally uh, God used in ancient times to bring a nation back, and actually God used in American history to bring America back before. So it's all going to be converging. That's why I believe is so much the Lord uh, tomorrow, all converging. We didn't plan this, you know, but it's all coming at the same time, same place. So yes. Well, I will tell you, um, uh, I'm speaking and praying. Uh, uh, tomorrow there and i it's an honor oh, to have been even been asked to go um oh, a, a lot of really really big people are uh, involved in this and it yes. doesn't god doesn't care about the big people he wants yeah. to hear it from us and if you can get to washington tomorrow please mm-hmm. go to washington uh if not can you watch this yes. online Yes, be online. Going to be the return. The returns going to be broadcast all, simulcast and broadcast all over America and all over the world. If they go to the return dot org, you can find out how you can see. But the, the, and also, it's going to be on television and other things. But starts at nine, goes to about five o'clock, and we're going to have a, a thing afterwards of just celebration. But the thing is that no matter where you are, it doesn't matter. If you can make it, great. We'll be there. If you can't, we're at your home, at your church, it doesn't matter. Uh, to, to really co- consecrate this day for prayer, repentance, pray for America, and return and revival. Because without revival, there's there's no future, and it begins with us. It's the people of God. We're the ones have to turn to God first. <sighs> Thank you so much, my friend. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Glenn. You bet. Thank you. Na, na, na.